Welcome to After Credits here on the Intercut Podcast channel where we review a new movie, including everything that comes after the credits. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he doesn't have work, he has plans. It's Arturo Zurita. I'm reusing your intro. It's a, it's a great intro. Uh, one of my most anticipated movies of the year. I've been excited to watch it. Now that it's here, I'm excited to watch it again. Uh, yeah, it, it delivered on on what I was expecting, even more so because it was a directorial debut of Michael B. Jordan. Absolutely. Michael B. Jordan getting back in the ring and this time in the director's chair as well for Creed Three which follows the continuing journey of Adonis Creed. After winning his final match, he retires from boxing to be closer to his wife, Bianca, and their daughter, Amara. He also runs a boxing academy alongside his coach, Little Duke. But when Dame, a figure from his past, returns, Adonis finds himself in the fight of his life. Arturo, after three Creed movies now, do you feel like this franchise still packs a punch? Uh, look, I don't think anything is going to beat the first Creed. Personally, that has been my favorite of this new bunch that they've been able to make. But if I were to rank them, in my opinion, it still goes Creed 1. Then Creed 3, surprisingly topping 2, easily. Uh, and then the second one, which if you don't know, they're looking to make as a spinoff, as we'll get into. But I don't know what your ranking is. I would go with the same. same ranking as yours, although doesn't that kind of put it in line with the Rocky tradition in that, like, a, a not as stellar one is followed by a more stellar one? Hey, why? Well, I'm a big Rocky II fan. I, <laughs> that, that's my <laughs> movie over there in the, in the franchise. So I, I'm not right, opposed right. to a sequel over uh, overshining the original, but uh, it has been a solid franchise so far. And they've even started working on four, or at least some ideas to four, with Michael B. coming back to direct. So. Uh, very I'm cool. very happy with what he was able to do here so much that I actually think it wasn't long enough. Yeah. I mean, you know, at two hours, I, I was wondering how long it would feel. You, you mentioned uh, when we talked about this on weekend must watch that it's actually the shortest of the Creed movies, right? That's crazy. But it's, one of the fastest two hour movies that I've seen. I don't know. It's just, if it's just the anticipation of the next climactic fight sequence, or if it's just that, like they kind of go through like almost a spark notes of some scenes, but this movie really, really moves. I think there are some moments where they could have like settled into the rhythms a little bit more and give us more time. I, sure. I mentioned before, I feel like it could have been a half an hour longer. There's like a whole arc between creed and his mother that just sort of jumps to the end rather than going through the beats of it but yeah um, it's it is one of those things though that like yeah maybe feels fast but it also doesn't drag it, it's not something yeah. where you're going to be like checking your watch ready to go home and for a first time director i think they chose that route of it being quicker than leaving it you know leaving too much to hang out there but if you watch the trailers there are a lot of shots not just from extended sequences, but what seems like completely different scenes, places that he visited that I'd be very curious to see when you, I don't know, maybe get a director's cut. Rocky Four just got a director's cut. I don't know how many years later, so I'm sure Creed Three could get one. Absolutely. 
so Michael B. Jordan, he's, as we mentioned, directs this one. He's discussed being heavily influenced by anime for the fight scenes. Yeah. And there's an interesting interview going around where he mentions specifically how Naruto really impacted the choreography of that final fight against Jonathan Majors. What did you think of his sort of hyper-stylized approach to the fights? And did it work for you? Because it is a bit of a departure for the Rocky franchise. A little bit. Um, uh, I'm twofold with that because I think that to say that Rocky series hasn't already taken these interesting turns is like belittling it. Uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about, oh, this time they have an antagonist that really lives up to something. And it sounds to me a lot like... um, Elevated whore. I, I don't like that phrase mm. because it's saying that everything before it isn't as great. I understand the phrasing of it, and I understand the compliments given to this movie, but Rocky's already kind of had that. What he's able to do here is is take an even uh, more visual approach, I want to say, uh, into the themes and metaphors that are applied yeah. to the ring. Right? A lot of the times in the previous Rocky movies, it's the discussion that's happening before the match. You are fighting yourself. You know, you're going into this mm-hmm. with not the challenger being the opponent, but you being the opponent. I love what they did with the ending here, which we're going to get into full spoilers later. Yeah. But his use of anime was beautiful. Did you notice the posters in his room? He had the yeah. Naruto. He had the, uh-huh. <laughs> I think he had a Dragon Ball Z one. Um, yes. I, I tried looking for it, and there's a clip out there, and they literally, uh, they bulk it out. They blurred out all the images. But I thought it was a really cool way for him to sneak some stuff in there, and there were some punches that I knew from my childhood from some animes that delivered yeah. completely. So shout out to Yeah, I mean, that. it's not like you said, as if previous Rocky films haven't had these moments of visual flair and don't haven't done exciting fight sequences. And I think particularly in the, in the first Creed, how Kugler is really able to put you in the ring and kind of give you the mm. visceral feel. Like, I, I love some of the shots where you see punches actually connect and just how how hard they feel. But what he's doing and what Jordan is doing here is something completely different because he's not trying to give you the like over the shoulder or this is how it would feel like to be in a boxing match. He's giving you something almost like mythological and fantastical and the the way in which like the crowds will disappear and they'll be in an arena, a fog lit arena. Like that's just that that's kind of like straight out of you know, straight out of anime for one, but also just straight out of a much more, a much less grounded film than this one. And to combine the sort of grounded street level story, the the kind of ordinary uh, guy trying to pursue his dream element of it with this really like visually dynamic, visually um, like experimental and different approach, I thought was really cool and just a brave choice to make in this kind of blockbuster filmmaking, you know, it's it goes from feeling kind of gritty and real to suddenly feeling like a Wachowski's movie. And and that's, to me, that's a huge compliment. Yeah, I love the flair that he brought to it. I think it made it very interesting. Uh, and it also added a lot to the characters because I like when a fight sequence isn't just me versus the other guy. It's a lot of Absolutely. internal battles that they're fighting to the point that it reminded me of another movie. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it and you love the movie Warrior. One of the I would, best I'm glad you I brought that up. Fight movies out there. Like to me, this is the epitome of what this movie was going for. But of course, yes. I'm going to love a movie that aimed to be something like this over a sock and bop and fight. Uh, this is the peak to me. And seeing those sequences towards that final fight uh, of these two characters who very much see each other like brothers. 
dude, I, I was into it. And that's why I'm saying if you could just let those moments breathe a little bit more before the before yeah. the fights, because there's a moment, the moment these two are going up against each other, we don't see them talk. We don't see a weigh-in. We don't see a press conference. Their only uh, communication in this cut of the movie is through a Stephen A. Smith clip. So there are definitely <laughs> little scenes My that theater was put back into cracking the movie. up. That'd be dope. When Stephen A. Smith Stephen was A. on Smith playing Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> hey, Although I was wondering, rewatch. It, it didn't look like the the actual first take set. Why did they film it on the real first take set? Hey, do you remember what the first Creed did? They filmed on the actual part of the interruption set, and I thought that was the right. They did a much better yeah. job than Stephen A. Smith trying to play himself. But uh, again, I just think with a little bit more buildup, with not having the worry of a first time director getting it over two hours, I don't know, Absolutely. man. We would be talking. E- even even with with more hype for this movie than uh yeah am, but um, maybe something yeah, a little more special the cut in there for sure yeah no it, for sure warrior especially when you get to that ending which maybe we can dive into a little bit more fully in a moment uh but i do think what you talk about alludes to my next point in that while the action in the ring is super compelling albeit maybe a bit abridged you know there there is in that final fight like I felt like it went from round two to round 11 in the blink of an eye. I mean, it kind of literally did, but I I wish there was a little bit more rise and fall and rise again in some of those fights and they extended them. Um, Mm -hmm. But while all that in, in ring action is very, very compelling. I did feel like it lacked some of that outside of the ring. It felt a little bit more boilerplate when it's asking Creed to, work on balancing his commitment to his family with the guilt he feels over his past. Some of that stuff resolves really nicely, but did you also feel like that was just a little bit more like template movie in those moments? In full spoiler territory? We can get into it if you're ready to. Full spoiler territory 100%. I've never seen a wrap-up this clean since Mean Girls when everyone decided to be friends. I don't know what happened there. There was so much animosity that's happening in this film towards the beginning where you have an antagonist in um, uh, the character of Dane coming in very subtle, just wanting to see if the person who he helped become the boxer who he is today can help him as well. And there's a sequence early on, bro where you kind of match cut uh, from the flashback when they were young, where Dame gives him like a statue of money. Flash forward to the present when Dame's out of jail, looking for his buddy to see what he has for him. And he gives him, he right. gives him the same stash of money. Come on now. <laughs> that to me was, well, I'm like, that's where the turning point is. And there's a beautiful moment yeah. halfway through where you realize this almost Joker like plan that uh, uh, Dame's character has in mind. And he really does switch on a dime. There's that scene at the yeah. beach where he just completely takes over and you realize what he's kind of been orchestrating. And I was engaged, bro. I, I was completely into it. Then you get to that final fight. And as awesome as it is, 12 rounds, you're right. They felt like three. I, yeah. You just didn't feel it. I'm, again, arguing that it has to do with the trimming because you go back to Creed 1. Creed 1's fight is edited and choreographed to perfection the rise and falls in your heartbeat it is one of the best fight scenes put to film this one gets the advantage of being very metaphorical uh and yeah. interesting in that aspect like you said when it zooms out more on the representation crowd, i thought that was awesome when it becomes the uh the the what's it called the prison bars 
there was one sequence <laughs> where they're talking about the mattresses where they were, you know, there's a deeper story in here. Uh, a lot of issues were happening when they were young. And he talks yeah. about the, 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 the mattress having bed bugs. And then he gets hit and the corner becomes the mattress. I was like, okay, yeah. you are dealing in that anime psychological level. And I absolutely loved that. Sacrifice loved a little bit that. of the action. But it was still really cool to see uh, the the state of mind of of the fighters um, mm -hmm. a little bit more. But yeah, it, it just I wonder also, more, you know, if Michael B. Jordan, given that he's been the actor asked to, you know, carry those physical fight scenes in these previous Creed films, if he's bringing some of that knowledge into it too, he's like, the this is sort of what I go through in my head as an actor, and now I get to literalize yeah. it. Now that I'm behind, be. uh, now I'm directing the film. <sighs> All right. Uh, leading into that. Yeah. I don't know if you know, you have your training montages on deck, ready to be ranked. But that J. Cole beat was fire. Uh, Dre beat, yeah. sorry. Um, J. Cole on the training montage was so sick. I felt it should have gotten longer because you have two people who... <sighs> Dame's character is up there with Mr. T. He's up there with, with Rocky III's character of someone who's I was gonna way ask bigger you, than the actual star. How do you compare him to Rocky Antagonist? Like, does he does does he live up to what you have come to expect oh. from this franchise? He's one of the greatest Rocky uh, Creed antagonists of all time. Uh, yeah, th th this is a regular camera. There's no gloss on here, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I should have written down on the whiteboard. He should have lost this. Ant Man should have died this year, and Creed should have lost. It's as simple as that. I don't, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, to me, that's one part of the movie that as much as I enjoy it and I like it, I didn't see him standing a chance here. And my biggest critique is that I don't know if Michael B. was able to put himself in the story to center himself as the villain that he really was. Because I don't think I'm the only one who went into this movie listening and paying attention to what really felt like Michael B. Jordan, Adonis Creed being the villain of this movie. A lot of people want to call him the antagonist, but I see the story of a man who made it to the top and has turned his back on mm -hmm. someone who helped him to get there. That's my take on the movie. Yeah, well, I, one of the things that I like about it is that it is a little bit more messy in its message of who's good, who's right, who deserves to to win this. And, you know, obviously it's going to give you, you know, again, we're in full spoilers. It's going to give you kind of like a, a Hollywood satisfying ending for the hero of our story. But I like that it's a bit messier Blame. and that ultimately... I, I like that ultimately the thing that he has to... that The actual sign of success for him the feeling of like achieving something doesn't come in winning the fight it comes in sitting down with him and and, and getting uh and apologizing and, and getting yeah. onto the level with him and yeah maybe it would have been a bit more effective had these scenes have have more room to breathe had they given the actors their due given that they're such great actors but i did like that the arc was not ultimately resolved in the ring I thought that was kind of a brave choice for one of these movies to make, which is like, Beautiful. again, kind of bring, brings us back to the idea of warrior in that, like they're resolving outer ring, uh, yes. outer ring conflicts in the ring. To, to recap it, uh, they're able to do a very slick sly, if you want to use that word, way of going back to the first movie and finding a, a moment where after he was picked up by his mom, young Adonis, he was sneaking out with his friend who he knew from the homes, that being Dame's character of Michael of yeah. uh, uh, Jonathan Majors. 
but they give you this backstory of how they were they were treated really badly they were almost like forced to fight in these homes by this character of leon and that led to an incident when they were young where adonis tried to fight him and in major's character protecting him he went to jail right. so yeah that ending when he realizes that the real fight is forgiving himself yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's beautiful <laughs> yeah i was fighting my own tears back but like <laughs> I, I just wanted it to breathe a little bit more so again if you're you. wanting more that's a that's a great thing for your movie but i'm still left wanting a little bit more um i i do have a question for you the way Shoot. that they expand donnie and his family now what do you think about that um, that again also felt a little bit like I'm, standard kind of like this is the third movie in a franchise now, right? Like we're seeing this with the Marvel movies too, that now that we've been with these characters for a couple films, they all have children and they all have home lives and they all are underwritten and, you know, they, they try to add a little bit of texture by uh, having him communicate in ASL with his daughter. But I, I don't know. I feel like whereas the Dame stuff feels loaded with all of uh, of this history that the actors are able to bring to it and 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 maybe like a little bit more unique of a dynamic, I, I don't know if I vibed as much with the family. Like, yeah, it's I, I get I thought it was interesting in that he's balancing different commitments, but I thought when they're actually like, talking about his home life aside from showing off that amazing mansion like literally one of the best mansions i've ever seen in a movie uh, I, I thought that was the least interesting stuff in the film especially when I, as we mentioned earlier the stuff with his mother felt so rushed ultimately mm-hmm. yeah i also don't like that uh i think it's very obvious and clear my brother was the first thing that he said they're clearly going to make the daughter the next up i've heard mm-hmm. him in interviews very much seems like they want to make the daughter the next stop. And that's something that's kind of been sprinkled in throughout Creed early on when he, in the first one, when he uh, fights, there's little kids in the gym as well. And he kind of observes mm-hmm. them. But a lot of that uh, emphasis was put on this one. But I'm so glad you brought up the MCU thing because in the sacrifice for the time they should have given him, Zach, did you know about the Drago spinoff? I did not know they were doing a Drago spinoff. I thought it was cool that they brought him back in a not major I role for this one. it was pointless because all I <laughs> saw there was an MCU little, hey, got to mention this person to bring up the next uh, next spinoff. Uh, yeah. Sylvester Stallone has talked about this. There's a much bigger discussion to be had there about the behind the scenes of Sylvester Stallone writing, directing Rockies, and not owning a single piece of it. Mm-hmm. He, he is upset with this. And I personally knew about this so every time i saw him appear on screen it felt like an mcu tie-in moment that hurt i, hear that. I didn't like that i felt yeah, like I, mean, the, I didn't even the bits with the daughter were to set her up for the future zach there is a prequel for rocky in the works they're looking for a young rocky everyone's eating out of rocky's plate at this point in time dude i don't mm-hmm. i don't i don't know what to tell you uh maybe that takes a little bit away from the movie i don't know at the same time, we are on Creed 3, a spin-off sequel. Right. So I can't really complain it's the... about some spin-off sequels. Exactly. It's, it's already the ninth film in the overall yeah. Rocky series, not just the third film in the Creed franchise. So it, it is part of this whole IP franchising game. And yeah, maybe it's just that I didn't know that some of those movies were in the works, that I didn't mind that they brought back a character from the previous films. It felt like, you know, 
especially since we are in the third of these films, like more of the lived in world uh, of those films. It di didn't bother me in the moment, but uh, yeah, it, it, I guess I don't love the, the need to franchise everything. And I don't know if they, I wonder how many times they'll have to recast the kid if they're going by Ant-Man standards. Speaking of Ant-Man, sure. <laughs> uh, let's get back to Jonathan Majors. Cause I thought Majors, yes, you know, sir. you said he's really great here. I think he just does so much to elevate this film. I think every time he's on screen, he's not just waiting for the other actors to finish their lines. Like he, he's, his whole body language says a lot about his character and his disposition and his sort of like confrontational nature. And just, it's really interesting to just even watch the way he holds himself uh, that there's that one moment when he and Creed get into it on the beach and just giving him a little wave and saying aloha, that feels like a Jonathan Majors ad lib. Uh, I would not be surprised to find that out. It, I think to Steeper. me, his you last wanna, you name get into was it? changed to be the step his stepfather's last name. Oh, in the film. That's how deep it got. Jonathan mm. Majors listens to music on set. He didn't realize because he doesn't watch playback. All of the Nipsey Hustle and East Coast influences he was listening to on set ended up becoming his walkout music. Ooh. So when you say that it's an ad lib from him, it goes even deeper than that, man. Yeah. He's one of the best. For me? He's one of the best. I for me and we've seen him on screen three times this year now i actually think this is the best i've seen jonathan majors in this year i i got it above magazine dreams and definitely above ant-man and the wasp quantumanium but i know you're really into that magazine dreams performance i just thought he was incredible here stole the Yo, show i realize how they they set it up this way get that marvel check get that creed check and then when this comes out in the fall it's all done for you uh yeah, yeah i still think this Oscars. is the best one and and he he has said this is the uh, the best performance he has ever he has ever uh, gotten his headspace into, and he thinks that this character is is like the epitome of what he's been able to do. He in fact he claims is, the MCU and the Creed stuff is just to highlight this for when it comes out. I mean, it is really interesting to watch these movies as close together as we've had the chance to, because you know it yeah. does feel like the performances are speaking to each other in a way. When you see him do the incredible workouts in Creed, you know that like. It's nothing compared to the things he's putting his body through in magazine dreams. Uh, I don't know, but I just, I think maybe I liked him stealing scenes in a supporting role more than I ultimately uh, liked the weight of the, that character uh, and, and the, the unevenness that I felt from magazine dreams. But I know you also liked that movie more than I did. I Although that. we'll get into magazine dreams more event when more people can see it circling back uh, to Creed three uh, we also talked about this being Sly Stallone's franchise. This is the first yes, of any film in the Rocky series to not feature its creator, Sylvester Stallone. What do you feel like that? How do you feel like that affected the film? Was it missing anything not having Sly there? Does that guy have thoughts? Sylvester Stallone has his Rocky series. And while he doesn't need to be here, because I understand it's the Creed franchise, right? I get it. Mm -hmm. He's doing his own thing. What if I were to tell you that he's a third of the freaking Creed franchise? When you're watching <laughs> the Rocky movies, Mickey ain't getting just booted to the side. Imagine right. if the Creed series decided to take the character of Duke. Why? Duke would remain in there. You you wouldn't mm -hmm. just switch him out. Like you're not you're not gonna take out Stitch either. You took out the coach who trained Rocky who trained Creed? 
Creed is now in his biggest fight, and no one's gonna go and ask, "Hey, what does Rocky think about this?" They did archives of the previous movies, and just like precision, like precision, cut him out of certain frames that he was in the background too. Mm -hmm. I think it's ridiculous. I understand the reason for wanting to make it its own. They have completely. This is because of behind the scenes issues. They have completely forgotten that he isn't just a side character or the spinoff that led into this. He is an integral part to the Creed story as a supporting character. And I thought it was really goofy for them to take it. In no other franchise would it have been okay for him to just disappear after being a pivotal part in two movies. Zach, he was he had an Oscar nomination for the first. Yeah. It makes no sense. You feel, I mean, you feel differently because it makes no sense. I, I, I feel okay less it, strongly. Though. I feel less strongly than you do. And I think creatively, I don't know if the movie suffers like significantly they end up just sort of letting Wood Harris assume the, the wise elder role, but spiritually, spiritually it is missing something spiritually. There is something off about Michael B. Jordan finally getting to assume the director's chair in the way that S Sylvester Stallone has directed so many of the Rocky movies before him yeah. and, and not having that figure there. It does sort of feel weird, especially when there is that moment when Creed's character does bring up Rocky. They mentions uh, that somebody right? it, it, that Apollo gave Rocky a chance in his first fight. It's like, yeah, wh where's Rocky? <laughs> exactly. gonna... it's, that made no sense to me. It's like you're, you're evoking it, but deciding to not pay attention to him. And it, it clearly relies on behind the scenes issues. Yeah. I watched Rocky three going into this. My dude, bar for bar, a great adaptation of Rocky three, but it's mm. still, the same story reaching the top and not knowing what to do when a real hungry person is coming into the ring and wants to call you out for your imposter syndrome. It's all there. So yeah, I just, I just, I'm okay with Sly staying with it because I, I think he's an integral part to the story. And I personally think he should have died a couple of, <laughs> a couple of uh, movies ago. Yeah. But this would have been the one because in Creed three, they even had a, uh, a death Rocky arc 3, in this there's one. A major death. Yeah, they swapped out what yeah. would have been Creed's death with uh, Mama, yeah, Mama Creed instead. But look, I, I like what they were able to do with it. That shows you how much I really appreciate the movie, even if I do think he is a, a, yeah. a huge supporting role to it. But he said he's down to come back for Creed 4. I, I know the, the, the Sly fans have been really like, they came out of Creed 3 having a good time, but they want to respect Sly. <laughs> he said he'd come back for a fourth, and I would love to see him come back for a fourth. He's um, probably going to get missing. a chance to. Because Creed three absolutely yes, dominated at the box office this weekend. So uh, it is not it, it, with fifty eight million dollars just domestically. It is not only the biggest opening weekend ever for a Rocky movie, but for any sports film, generating over a hundred million dollars globally. Art, given that it, it's doing so well financially, we're going to get more movies. But does Rocky have the legs to do more? Yes. My man, Rocky can go <laughs> the distance. We're still here. We will continue to be here. I just hope they continue to have the same care that they've been able to with these last three. Even with two, with Creed 2, which I don't love, they've still been able to take care of this franchise to, to make it something bigger that's lasted since the 70s. So uh, I'm not doubting on Rocky. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty incredible that in just its opening weekend, it, it already made more money than Rocky II, Rocky Balboa, uh, than, it, yeah, I mean, it's, 
I think it's great that it, yeah, I mean that too. And I, I also, I wouldn't discount Jonathan Majors either starring in the other, the, the second highest grossing film of the weekend. Like he's turning into a bona fide movie star. That guy. Um, I don't know, man. Um, it's also like when you have a film, because the first film and the second film revolved around uh, non-black antagonists, I wonder if also this being like the blackest of the Rocky movies yet uh, it spurred a lot of, of the audience to come in. We, we've seen, you know, when you do give uh, an often overlooked audience something to come out to the films for, they can really represent. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting because I think the boxing movie is just inherently dramatic. I think unlike a lot of other franchises, you can always kind of find a room for more drama in, in the story of a boxer, in the story of a man putting his physical uh, specimen on the line in pursuit of the dream. Uh, so I'm fine to get back in the ring with Creed or with Rocky or, or even maybe with Drago if they find the right people to involve in that film. It, sure. it, it to me it's it's more about who they choose to tell these stories and while at one point i wasn't sure if i'd want michael b jordan to be the guy at the helm he's completely proven to himself to me with this film so i'd be happy to see him direct creed 4 as well agreed 100 i will be there opening night awesome so i think that's about all for our thoughts on creed 3 we both are in favor of it we think it's worth heading out to the movie theaters to catch especially if you can see that big imax screen uh anything right. else you want to add to create three before we wrap this up just like i said in the weekend must watch don't go watch this in 40x because you will be the loser of the match <laughs> absolutely uh so that's all for this edition of after credits here on the intercut podcast channel catch more from me zach shevich by following me on twitter instagram or letterbox at zshevich that's z s h e v as in vitali klitschko i c h n check out my youtube or tiktok channels at multiplex show where you can catch my uh tips on what to make for your oscars party this year art where can people find more from you you can find me over at LME Explain on Twitter, on YouTube, on Letterboxd, or every week here on the Intercut Podcast. You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. I like Overcast. And then make sure you subscribe not just to the audio feed, but to the video feed as well on YouTube.com slash IntercutPod. You can watch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of the Intercut Weekend Must Watch streaming every Monday on our YouTube channel. And please leave us a comment, like the videos. Consider heading over to iTunes to give us that much-requested five-star review. And shout-out to our listeners in Kenya for putting us on the TV and hey. film podcast charts out there. Like our Facebook, follow our Instagram, follow our Twitter. Support us on Patreon. You can find all of those pages at Intercut Pod, where you can get updates throughout the week from Art, from me, from all the guests that we feature here on Intercut. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, let go of whatever was and walk into what is.